Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today, we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry, along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, please enjoy today's program. In all of our experiences, we need to have the real expression of the life of Christ in all that we do. In our behavior, in our habits, in our ways, we like to be living out Christ. We are glad to welcome you once again to the Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program that's provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee began the Life Study of the Bible in 1974, and these radio programs provide us an opportunity to present to you selected portions of this classic unfolding of the riches of God's Word. Francis Ball is with us once again to discuss the life study of Romans. And Francis, as always, I'd like to thank you for being with us today. And as usual, I'd like to thank you for allowing me to join you. Before we join Witness Lee for today's life study dealing with transformation, Francis, I'd like to ask you briefly about the emphasis that Paul places on the gifts, both in Romans and also in Corinthians. He surely acknowledges the so-called gifts of the Spirit, but it seems that his emphasis is on the gifts that help us in the growth of life, doesn't it? Yes, Witness Lee picked up the uh, concept and the revelation that came through our brother Paul. And Paul was very much on the gifts that have to do with the growth in life. And regarding the gifts of the Spirit, I believe this is one area that has been very much misunderstood by a lot of Christians. We just hope that this emphasis could be uh, more focused on the matter of life. The gifts of the Spirit that are miraculous can just be uh, exercised by anyone at any time that may be gifted to do a certain thing. Commonly, gifts of the Spirit include the speaking in tongues and healings and miraculous things. But the emphasis in Romans is not on the miraculous gifts, but the gifts in this uh, book of Romans have to do with the matter of life. The more life you have, the more gift you may have. For example, if a tree grows and bears fruit, the fruit it bears depends on the life of the tree. And the same with us. The more we grow in the divine life from our spirit through our soul in the transforming work, the more we can exercise the gifts that really build up life in others. For example, we like to know that when we speak something, it imparts Christ into others. But our speaking depends on how much life experience we have. And I don't mean just the human experiences of life, but I mean the living by the Spirit in our spirit. This mingled spirit is growing in us, and this affords us the opportunity to speak Christ into people. 
so many gifts are spoken of in this way. Even the gift of giving is quite a marvelous gift. The gift of exhortation that has to do with how we speak. And the gift of prophesying that has to do with how we speak. These are gifts that have to do with the growth in life. Thank you, Francis. I'm anxious to join Witness Lee for today's life study from Romans chapter 12. In chapter 12, from verse 9 through the whole chapter, you have transformation in practicing the body life by living a normal life. Number one, toward others. You have loving, you have showing honor, communicating to their needs and pursuing hospitality, rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep, being of the same mind. These items are for you toward others. Number two, toward God, not thoughtful, burning in spirit, serving as a slave. And then, number three, toward ourselves, rejoicing in hope, enduring in tribulation, persevering in prayer, abhorring and conquering what is evil and cleaving to what is good. Then number four, toward the persecutor and enemy, blessing and not cursing, repaying no evil for evil, not avenging ourselves, heaping coals of fire on them by feeding them and giving them drink, living in peace with all men. Then number five, in general, teaching foresight for things honorable in the sight of all men. It's really good. Okay, in this chapter 12, you have firstly the body presented. You have secondly the soul transformed with the mind renewed. Then you have here thirdly your spirit burned. You see, spirit, soul, and the body. All are covered for the church life. Your body needs to be presented and your soul needs to be transformed with your mind metabolically changed. Your mind has to be renewed, not just by being taught, but by being transformed, metabolically. Some element of the Lord Jesus will spread into your mind. And that will cause a kind of a metabolic change in your mind. Then that renews your mind. And mainly, your transformation of your soul depends upon that renewal of your mind. If we have a heart, yet the body will not come to the church life. That is not practical. Okay, suppose your body comes, yet in your mind, a lot of different concepts, full of all old traditions, all kind of worldly thoughts. You have your cleverness, you have your way, your wisdom, all fill up your mind. I tell you, you come with the body. You also come with a very troublesome mind. You will become a real trouble to the church because you have a mind not renewed. After the presenting of the body, you need the renewing of the mind, and after this, you need the burning of the spirit. My, how we long to see that all the saints have their bodies fully presented for the church life. And their mind, oh, is fully renewed. 
by the metabolic transformation. In their thought, in their concept, nothing old, nothing of the ages, nothing but just so pure, so holy for the Lord. Not only so, but also with His Spirit on fire, burning. You just consider if all the dear saints will be like these threefold body presented, mind renewed, and spirit burned. How can church type we will be? It'd be wonderful. Francis, we have a very marvelous verse in chapter 12, verse 2, that in the context of transformation touches all three parts of our being, our body, soul, and spirit. Francis, this process of transformation begins with presenting our bodies, but it certainly goes on from that point, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, when we present our bodies, as in uh, verse 1 and 2 of this chapter, we present our bodies to the body of Christ. That means we present our bodies a living sacrifice. All our bodies are given for the body of Christ. And that's very practical. That has to do with our physical body. When we present our bodies, of course, our soul comes with our body. For example, when we meet together, we meet together in a physical way, in meetings. But with that meeting is also our soul. And our soul needs to be presented and needs to be transformed. And when he speaks here about the uh, transformation of the soul being the result of being renewed in our mind, then we realize that transformation beginning in the renewing of our mind continues and also covers all the parts of our soul, our mind, emotion, and will. The mind is the leading part of the soul, and this means that the whole soul is under the transforming work of the growth in life. But we're not just a body or a soul, but we also have a spirit. We are a spirit. We have a spirit deep within our being, this part of our being is also covered in Romans chapter 12. So you have, in verse 1, presenting our bodies. In verse 2, being renewed in the spirit of our mind. And verse uh, 11, burning in spirit. So these three aspects of our being are covered in this chapter dealing with transformation. We present our bodies. This makes our soul available for the transforming work. And then our spirit becomes a burning spirit, serving the Lord and serving the Lord's purpose. So you're right. It does include more than just the renewing of our mind. It also includes the presenting of our body and the burning of our spirit. Thank you, Francis. We're going to join Witness Lee now as he begins reading through some verses in chapter 13. We ought to know any rebellious character is natural. The transformed character should be very submissive to subject ourselves to the authorities appointed by God. This needs some amount of transformation. Verse 1, let every person be subject to the authorities over them. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are appointed 
by God. It's clear to us. Therefore, he who resists the authority opposes what God has appointed. And those who oppose will receive to themselves judgment. It's not so good. Either the judgment will come to you from the authorities, or eventually some judgment will come to you from God. Verse 3, For the rulers are not a terror <coughs> to the good work, but to the evil. Would you have no fear of the authority? Do the good, and you will have praise from him. All these words are clear enough. For he is a servant of God to, to you, for your good. But if you do evil, fear, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is a servant of God, an avenger for wrath to him who practices evil. Wherefore, it is necessary to be subject, not only because of wrath, but also because of your conscience. Because of your conscience, you have to learn to subject by being transformed. Verse 6, For because of these, you also pay taxes, for they are God's officers, attending constantly to this very thing. Render to all their dues, tax to whom tax is due, revenue to whom revenue, fair to whom fair, honor to whom honor is due. This means we have to be so submissive to God's appointed authorities. And this is a sign that we do have an amount of transformation because our natural nature, character, disposition was born in a way all the time rebellious. Anything that is over us, we would say no because we were born rebellious. So to submit ourselves or to subject ourselves needs some amount of transformation. And this is the growth in life. Francis, this was a very direct word to us that we have likely heard before in some context or other about the necessity of our living in subjection to earthly authorities that are established by God. But what is the connection to transformation that Witness Lee spoke of when he says to submit ourselves needs some amount of transformation? You know, as I consider this question you just proposed, submitting ourselves even to the government, to the physical powers or the powers that are in human society, I realize how rebellious we are individually. We all have kind of a rebellious nature in us that just doesn't like to submit to others. That's the reason the Bible says, Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands. Because that's needed. That word of exhortation is needed. But to not have any transformation at all, it'd be very hard for us to submit to anybody. In chapter 13 we realize that we are to submit to the powers that be, to the government and to the officers. And our submitting may be altogether just an outward thing 
with kind of a gritting of the teeth. But if we have the Lord's life in us, if we enjoy this transforming work that's going by the spreading of the Spirit into our innermost being, then we will realize there's a willingness to submit. And this submitting causes a real transforming work. And the transforming work also increases the degree of submitting. This is quite an interesting statement. To submit ourselves needs some amount of transformation because our nature is so rebellious. I think we've all experienced at least the first half, the trying to submit maybe absent much transformation, and we all know what that feels like. But once the Lord has begun to penetrate and that transforming work is begun, the willingness that's imparted into us makes it a whole different operation. Yes, it's a very pleasant thing to experience that extent of transformation, no doubt. Thank you for your fellowship, Francis. As we join Witness Lee for this final section, he continues reading several verses now from chapter 13. Transformation is the spiritual warfare. Verse 11. And these, knowing the time, that now is the hour for you to be raised out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we believed. Here, salvation means the redemption of our body, means the last stage of our salvation, or the last step of our salvation. We are a tripartite being, a being of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. God's salvation is for a whole being with three stages. Number one, he regenerated our spirit. Regeneration is the first stage, our first step of God's salvation to us. After regeneration, He is transforming our soul. Transformation of the soul is the second stage, or second step of God's salvation. Then finally, at His coming back, He will transfigure our body into a glorious one. And that will be the third stage and third step of God's salvation. What is mentioned here, our salvation is nearer than when we believed, means the third stage, a third step of God's salvation. That is the transfiguration of our body, the redemption of our body. That is a full sonship realized by us at the Lord's coming back. Verse 12, the night is far advanced, and the day is near. And this proves that right now we are in the night. Even the day is a night, because this is a period of night. When the Lord comes, the day will dawn. That will be the day. The next age will be a day. The night is far advanced, and the day is near. Let us therefore cast off the words of darkness, and let us put on the weapons of light. Based upon this sentence, we realize what is mentioned here is for fighting, for waging a spiritual warfare. Let us walk becomingly as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in immorality and 
debauchery, not in strife and jealousy. All these have to be put aside. These are things in the darkness, but we are children in the day. So we should behave ourselves, walk becomingly as in the day. The most important is the last verse, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you read verse 12, the last part, let us put on the weapons of light. And you read this, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, you can realize, I do believe, the Lord Jesus Christ, he himself, is the weapons of light. Well, what does this mean to put on Christ? We have been baptized into Christ already. We are in Christ. Why, as we are in Christ, we still need to put on Christ. This really means to uh, live out Christ. You see, we are in Christ, but we need to uh, leave Christ out, practically. We need a kind of living that Christ could be expressed practically. Whatever of Christ would be uh, expressed in our daily living, that would be our weapon. That will be our weapon for fighting against the flesh. And here the battle is not between us and the devil and the spiritual wickedness, but it is a battle between us in the spirit and the flesh with all its lusts. So to fight this battle, we need to live by Christ. When we have Christ lived out of us, Christ will become our weapons to fight against the flesh. Paul says, don't make any provision for the flesh. Don't supply the flesh. Don't provide anything uh, to the flesh. Make no provision to the flesh. You see, flesh is still here. Regardless how spiritual we are, the flesh still is here. The flesh is nearly starved to death. The flesh here is very hungry for some food, but don't feed the flesh. Make no provision for the flesh that you may fulfill its lusts. So we have to leave the very ugly flesh there. Let it die. Let it be starved to death. So, make no provision. Well, what does it mean to make provision uh, to flesh? Well, uh, it may be hard for you young ones to understand such a, a thing, but if I just give you one or two illustrations, you'll understand. You know, the dark power today is so evil in the human community, society, a lot of provisions of the flesh. On the newspapers, day by day, you have those advertisements, those pictures of movies and so forth. I don't think you could be so spiritual that your two eyes will be uh, that much spiritual. 
regardless what you read, what you see, you would never be influenced. I don't believe that. And your experiences do testify to you that a lot of times when you read the newspaper and look at pictures, and today even the TV has been very much used oh, by the enemy right. to provide food to the hungry flesh. That is a kind of provision to your flesh. Francis, when we are saved, we know that, positionally, we are in Christ. This is an undeniable fact of our baptism, that we are baptized into Christ. But here, it says, in the spiritual warfare, to put on Christ. What does this mean? How can we put him on if we are already in him? There's two sides to just about everything. To be in Christ is one side. To put on Christ is another side. Uh, we get in Christ by our salvation, by our believing in Christ. By that act of believing, 1 Corinthians tells us in chapter 12, in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. We are baptized into Christ. We're baptized into his body. Then also, Galatians and other portions, even here in Romans, it tells us to put on the Lord Jesus. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You put him on by living him out. In all of our experiences, we need to have the real expression of the life of Christ in all that we do. In our behavior, in our habits, in our ways, we like to be living out Christ, not making any provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. In this message, an appeal was made to the young people not to give any ground to the flesh, give no place for the flesh to be satisfied. The flesh in us is always hungry, always wanting to be satisfied. And a lot of things are available to cause the flesh to have something to eat. Sometimes the radio, sometimes the TV, sometimes the newspaper. A lot of different things are available to feed our flesh. But to put on Christ means that this transformation inwardly is taking place and being lived outwardly. So we need him inside of us, and we need to be in him, and we need to put him on that we can live him out. Francis, thank you very much for your fellowship today. These life studies of Romans uh, seem to be bottomless in all that's opened up as we just touch this ministry and how it has marvelously unwrapped these mysteries. Thank you for listening today. We'll be back tomorrow with another life study from the Book of Romans. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. For 21 years, Witness Lee conducted a comprehensive life study, unveiling how the Bible presents Christ coming to be life to man. These audio programs are based on those messages. But to get the full riches of the life study, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. From there, you can read over 1,800 life study messages in their entirety or download more audio programs like this one.
all free of charge. Again, the website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening today.